Welcome to the Dead 3 Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, George Evian. This is episode 10. We are running a little late this morning getting a podcast out to you uh, on Friday. Uh, appreciate those that have been supporting the podcast, reaching out to me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and other platforms out there. That means a lot. It's how, it's how we can help grow this. I've actually heard from a number of people that would like to be guests on the podcast. And we had our first guest last week. Uh, just again, to give a quick backstory on our podcast, uh, we ran a podcast for about four years under another name and we, at the start of this year, started a new one. Um, and so we wanted to get 10 or so episodes in something that we really enjoy doing, uh, some great feedback that we've, uh, received from some people. And it's a great way for me to be accountable to my own personal improvement and development in that, you know, you got to come up with content. You always got to be reading and listening to podcasts and having conversations and um, taking notes and really doing what you can to kind of uh, hold myself accountable to my goals and dreams and ambitions and uh, objectives for 2023. So this is a great way to do it. And there's things I'd like to be doing in 2023. And this podcast is definitely part of that uh, and helps accelerate and amplify some of the goals that I have for this year. Um, and in order for us to make this podcast um, you know, bigger, I guess would be to, uh, if you could like it, share it, comment on it on Instagram, um, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Facebook, that will always help us. And we're not on all those platforms. I, I am on all those platforms. I don't use all of those platforms, uh, to amplify this podcast, but, uh, need to start doing that. And we'll hear shortly. Uh, we don't have a guest today. I want to thank Justin shy though, who was my first guest in episode nine. We had a great conversation and heard back from a number of people about that podcast, uh, some texts uh, from people that we're close with and the LinkedIn and the Twitter and all that uh, and, and some messages that we received. Um, really appreciate that. Um, and we're going to start this episode and we're trying to keep these to about 45 minutes. And again, we appreciate the support, but I want to hit on a few things. Had a great conversation this morning. Didn't know... Uh, necessarily everything that we would speak on and about this morning with our podcast, uh, but had a great conversation with somebody today that I work with. Um, and we were, you know, it was really going to be about a five minute conversation. It wound up being about a 30 to a 35 minute conversation, but there was something in that conversation that struck me. Um, and really how I view this person is, um, I, I, I think very highly and respect this, this person, uh, uh, quite a bit um, in terms of knowledge, uh, passion, interests, improvement, development, um, and uh, leadership and things of that nature. This person's really, uh, uh, really somebody I respect on all those fronts. And we were having this conversation about really how a fear kind of plays into our development and develop personal development, how we see ourselves, our, our next level, what our goals are, what tasks we're coming under, what we're being asked of, our own objectives and initiatives for the year. Like there's fear that plays into that. And we were talking about the fear of the work that we do, that people could have that fear of the work that we do. And we were, I, I, he's, he's right. What we do professionally and what our teams do is uh, significant. Um, we work in cancer radiation therapy, and there's a lot that goes into that. And obviously, there's the technology that is a part of that and the uh, the knowledge and um, the precision and the quality and all this sort of stuff is significant with what we do. Um, and he was talking about how that there's a fear of the work. 
And he said, maybe I don't have that fear because I've been doing it for so long. And I helped build this product from the ground up and from the start that I probably don't have. He said, but when I started, it was daunting. It was, I was very fearful of it. He said, but I was able to sit with so-and-so daily and watched how they thought, watch how they developed, watch how they were an engineer and how they implemented work features, whatever, whatever it is in your industry, right? To have, so the first point on all this is when dealing with fear is to make sure you have a great mentor, somebody that cares about you, somebody that can mentor you through the process, somebody that's knowledgeable, somebody that's a good teacher, somebody that's a good coach and somebody that's a good leader. And really what comes back to in my notes here that I look at is uh, this idea of care. I was listening to Gary V this week, pulling my notes up here. So listening to Gary V this week, and he was talking about how important care is to an or in an organization, the care. And I'm trying to find it here in my notes. I have some Simon Sinek things open, but when I was listening to Gary V talk about how he is so over the top as a CEO and executive in terms of how much he cares for his people and how far that can take you. And I'm wondering, as I look at my own leadership development and the, uh, it, I'm talking professionally and what I do off hours with athletic, uh, with athletes and athletic teams, that you have this crazy care for people, right? Um, and I do get sideways a little bit with some of this, right? But we have had a conversation last night driving home with my wife and we talked about someone that we're close with that's really struggling, um, not making good decisions. Um, and it's a young, it's an athlete that we've worked with for maybe six or seven years. And uh, they're struggling decisions, um, kind of in this mode of, you know, wanting to fit in, wanting to be cool, wanting to be defiant, wanting to, um, you know, maybe draw the wrong type of attention and all this sort of stuff. And this, and because of this, this, uh, you know, getting into trouble, making poor decisions, things like that. Right. So my wife, as we're driving home says, you need to, uh, she may not have used these words, connect with this person. You need to take this person out for a hot chocolate is what she said. Um, and she's right, right? Because there's a, we have to always as leaders, as coaches, as mentors, as executives, as team leads as whatever you want, sales directors, whatever it is that you do. It's not a, an athletic thing. You need to have this crazy level of care for the people that you're close with, that have been with you, uh, that are no longer with you, that have moved to other companies, that it's not a transactional relationship, but it's a transformational leader uh, a relationship in that you have a never ending level of care, right? So to circle back a little bit, to my initial point and why I got sideways a little bit is when my friend that I work with was just getting started and he saw the tasks in front of him and they were daunting and there was a level of fear. He had this mentor, this coach, this leader, this peer that had this great level of care for him and his own and his development that he was able to mentor him, bring him along. So now Many years later, probably, I, I would say that probably absolutely true. Many years later, 
He is now the expert. And he has no fear. But he's puzzled a little bit by the fear others may have. And so we, him and I had this great discussion about how to lead through fear. And one thing he said with me that, that led me to this being the topic of this, other than the word fear has been in my notes daily this week. Fear, doubt, trust have been in my notes daily in terms of um, content I'm consuming with podcasts and uh, books I'm reading and things I'm observing and conversations I'm having. Those three things seem to bubble up and none of them are really, uh, I want to make sure I get this right in my head. None of those are really that bad of things. Unless you're really trying, like, like fear's okay. As long as we are navigating through the fear, getting better, getting more comfortable, getting more confident. Trust is exactly what we want, right? Fear and doubt and, tr and, and trust. Like if those things not, are not used correctly, then they just cripple you, right? And they tear down your organization or your team. But as I'm talking with this friend and we start talking about fear, what struck me about how he was thinking about fear and how it works for him was this elite people. And this is what I told him because I do view him as elite. Elite people are able to take fear and daunting tasks and huge initiatives and huge projects of 12 months or a sales or, you know, we gave the example a few, a, a month or so ago about, you know, Steph Curry and people trying to sell Steph Curry on Adidas or Nike or whatever it is. When you know you're rolling in with Steph Curry and your presentation has got to be spot on and on point, that there's probably a fear and a doubt in that and the trust that you have in other people and the trust and, and, and that, that you kind of feel for yourself to knock that out, right? Um, but how you how you do that and so and how you manage that is what I'm trying to say. But this is what he said worked for him and i believe it works for elite people is you don't you to to eliminate the fear and doubt that you might have in executing something in learning something in being great at something comes down to how you chunk the work up how you segment it up and how you get your wins daily and he gave this example, and I'm paraphrasing kind of what he said and what I, I'm telling you what I heard him say. Man, when I started building this software, it was ridiculously hard. I didn't know anything about it. I was new to the industry, possibly. I was maybe new to the technical stack, but I was able to figure that out because I'm a smart guy. And it was daunting. And I was I, there was a lot of doubt in my abilities. There was a lot of fear in me being able to execute it. There was also the imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. There was also, if I start writing code and I start doing this and start delivering stuff and people start seeing my work that, that I may not be as good as I want to be or should be or think I am. And so I have all that. That could cripple me. I had a good mentor. I had somebody that was cared for me, truly cared for me in my development, truly cared that I get it. I understand it. I'm getting, I'm progressing on it. But what I did was I was able to chunk this work up into executable parts. Say this one big feature, release, timeline, milestone, 
sales call, whatever it might be, learning a skill, shooting a basketball, being able to whatever, right? Hit a golf ball. So you take all that and you chunk it up and say, hey, I'm not going to be an expert at that by Friday at five. All of it. But what I can do is I can take this huge initiative, this huge feature, this huge sell, sale of Steph Curry coming to Adidas or whatever it was. And I can break it into some workable, chunkable parts that I can do and that I can get mentored on and I can develop on and I can win on. So instead of this feature that I've got to get done in X amount of time, I'm going to get these five things done. I'm going to learn those and I'm going to become an expert at those. And so I can feel good about what I'm doing. So I eliminate the fear. I can do this for the next three hours, four hours, five hours. Next day, I can do this. When I wake up tomorrow and I get in front of my computer at seven or 8 AM and I get the feedback and I take care of the feedback or whatever it might be, I can, that's a win. I'm building confidence. We've talked about confidence in other episodes. Just doing it every day, getting better and better and better and more confident in it. And now my fear is replaced by pride, by execution, by, um, by confidence that I can do what I say I can do. And I hold myself accountable to the promises I make to myself. My promise, instead of all these features or this particular feature or this sale, is I am just going to make sure that I just win these 10 chunks and start building momentum and start building confidence in what I'm doing. And so that's exactly what he said. This That's, that's me expanding on what he said and how I took it. That's not exactly what he said verbatim. But it was that idea of how, and, and, and it just kind of struck me is how elite people think. So, you know, there's always, so for those that might be new to our podcast, it is a business team professional podcast. It will always have a sports spin. It will always be what we, what I see happening in sports and kind of equating that story. There's so many stories in, in athletics and sports and what we see, right? Last week with uh, Justin Shy from VMware, we had this great conversation about what happened when this player may have messed up. I'm not saying he didn't. He messed up at the end of a game, but the story was how his teammates came to his defense. What type of teammate are you when things go bad for your team and your teammates? You know, pardon the language, but are you an asshole that nobody wants to be around and likes to blame people when things go sideways? Do you own, like, I love what the guy said and I, and I'm off point a little bit here, right? But I love what his buddy said. He had a buddy stand up right next to him. He wasn't going to let him take those bullets by himself. So he stood side by side with him and he looked pissed. And if he didn't like the question, he made sure to, that we were moving on, that he didn't have to answer it. But his narrative at the start of the interview was he played his butt off the entire game. And he was why we were in a position to win. He was great all year. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. 
And it wasn't that one play. He played his butt off. Man, what a great teammate. Makes you want to really know what's going on with the Bengals, right? But we had that great conversation with Justin Shy. There's always a sports story to this, right? But the sports story that I just kind of think about is, man, Michael Jordan was a beginner. And if you put that in front of him, you, you have the potential to be the greatest of all time. And everybody will compare whatever their craft is to you, to being the Michael Jordan of. I had, you know, I, I, I'm not posting these on uh, YouTube quite yet. I'll probably post the one with me and Justin Shy. Um, but these uh, solo casts, I won't necessarily put up there, right? But I, and I just say that because if you were to see this, I'm in my basement. If you followed me and my content and my past podcast, you will know that I've been working on this basement for two years, which is, and it's really like a month project, right? Or a two month project. If you just kick ass and get after it, but it's finally done. No, it's not finally done. It is finally mudded and taped. Now we are at the position of painting. We are, we are trucking. We are going. But I say that because I had the Michael Jordan of mudding and taping down here this past week. So what if you said that to Michael Jordan? Man, you were going to be the greatest of all time and everybody in their craft will be compared to you if they're really elite. And No, you know what? I'm just going to crush it today. I'm going to get better today. I got cut from my high school team. Cool. I'm just going to get better so I'm better. You know, it's Jocko Willink's thing about just good. I got cut. Good. I didn't get the sale. Good. Steph Curry went somewhere else. Good. I'm fearful of all these features. Good. Figure out how to chunk it up. Figure out how to build momentum. Figure out how to build confidence. Figure out how to be great. Figure out how to make sure that your, your, your mindset and your limiting beliefs are replaced by I can, I will, wait till. Right? Those phrases matter. So good. Good that you suck right now. Right? Good. That, that, uh, that was, uh, you know, a Jocko Willing thing that I heard uh, – Trevor Lawrence say as well in, a, in a, something that was passed on to me. Good. Opportunity to get better. Good. Better feedback on how I can be better. All those things, right? So you're not great at that right now. Man, you can't solve these difficult problems right now. Man, you're building cancer software and it's really, uh, really deep and really hard and really detailed and you can't mess up or people die and all, et cetera. Yeah, good. Let's figure out how to chunk things up. Let's figure out how to be better teammates. Let's figure out how to build a better team. Let's figure out how to enhance our process so we can get better. Good. Good. So that stuck with me in that conversation this morning. Really stuck with me. So much so that I looked at him and said, hey, I do podcasts on the side and I really enjoy doing podcasts and it's really uh, fun for me. And, um, you know, because of these podcasts, I'm getting some opportunities and, and some things I'm really passionate and interested in. Um, and this is going to be my episode for the day is my conversation with you, right? Um, the other thing is to really hit on with that is, you know, one is to chunk it up. I guess the other thing would be on that point, you as leaders. I mean, we as people are going to be afraid. Like, yeah, I'll tell you what, and be honest with you. I'm, I have fear and doubt and uh, trust in myself and self-esteem and uh, imposter syndrome every time I press record starting a podcast. And then every time you click submit or publish, when you're done with it and you release it out into Spotify and the world. Sure. You know, I guess what keeps me going is 
if nobody listens to this, nobody. I've got three children that will one day. And maybe they get something from it. So if I'm serving my children here, right, it's like, it's easy. It's easy for me to give this uh, narrative of things that I'm interested in and things that I'm uh, passionate about and things that are on my mind. So maybe one day my children will listen to it and uh, have some value uh, into their lives. Right. So it's easy. You got to, you know, your, your, your fear, you got to figure out how to overcome that fear and uh, figure out your why, figure out your purpose, right? There was this great, great, um, and I wish I didn't write it down. There was this great um, tweet, a tweet, I guess, right? There's, there was this great video. And what we need to be doing for those listening to this that are really wrapped up in sport and leadership is we've all got to be sitting around figuring out how to consume the content that is being created by Coach Prime. Coach Prime. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, for those that don't follow sports, is the new head football coach at Colorado. He was at Jacksonville State University. Um, I believe it's Jacksonville State. I don't believe it's Jackson State. I believe it's Jacksonville State University down south. And now he's at Colorado. And I watched this video today. And essentially it was how you practice is all I need to know. It is who you are. It is who you are are is how you practice and his comments were very sport related and 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 they go through sessions and segments in college football or in football practices you know this session we're going to have seven sessions eight sessions they're going to be 15 minute long and you're looking at a clock and you're looking at your teammates saying hey we can take this one off let's let's go soft here let's not go hard here hey we've only got seven segments left You've only got 15 minutes left. You've only got eight minutes left. We can get soft on the next segment. We're going to have water with the next segment, et cetera, right? That was his message, and it was really good. And ultimately, his message turned around to the professional world. It's not football. How you practice, how you go through your work, your sales calls, your meetings, your leadership calls, that is who you are. Getting through this meeting, getting through this sprint, getting through this sales call, getting through and just instead of like, man, like I I think about the athletics of, of that conversation and what prime was saying. And really in my mind, it was like, man, if we just like, let me, let me finish this thought and I'll circle back to it. If we could just roll through that with the mindset of improvement and development and progress and kicking ass and removing fear and doubt and feeling good about our purpose. Right. And that's essentially what he ends up saying actually. And is that word, but I, it had me thinking about my teams that I work with and the people I interact with every day. If you asked them that question of, of how you practice, how you work, why it's important to you. Uh, we committed to it. We said we'd have it done etc and it just you know now gets through as opposed to man this this feature this story is what they're called in software this sales call if you're selling things or whatever it is and you end up saying man i get to get i got better at this and i learned this 
and I get to share it with them. And I, and our product got better because of this. And that's why this was really important to me or this sales call. I got to meet this person and I got to share this or this leadership call. I got to move this dial, right? It's not getting through that meeting. It's not getting through that 10 minutes. It's not getting ready for a water break. It's not even getting ready for the end of the day where you get to leave work. How you practice is who you are. And I get to get better. There's an opportunity here for to us to improve our products, our teams. There's a chance for me to get better with my team because I get to leave them on a Friday at 3 p.m. and I get to leave them in a great position to have a great weekend. And that's why we do this. So Prime, go search for Prime if you're a business person. Start studying Prime. Like we didn't study Kobe Bryant enough, right? And now that he's passed, we're studying him more. And we're more fascinated by him and his leadership and his mindset and his work ethic and his purpose in all that he did. So Prime talks about, you've got to know your purpose. You're sitting there at practice, counting down segments and time and water breaks and practices and a season and weight training. And we're doing the same thing professionally with no clarity of purpose on why we're doing it, why it's important, what it means to us, how it moves the needle personally, but also how it moves the needle for the people around you, the people you lead and the teams that you're directing. If you're coaching a basketball team and we're just talking about getting through warmups, shooting, water break, five on five, whatever, right? Skill, like, no, instead of sitting there saying, man, we're so much better than we were. What the purpose is. Purpose is for us to be great. Purpose is us to share this experience with one another. The purpose is us to move the needle and to have the culture and the environment and the winning attitude and effort get to another level. That the stuff that we're doing in February is as important as the stuff that we did in September, October, November. And it's meaningful. And it's not necessarily about getting through the practice and looking at my teammates and saying, we can go soft now. We don't, we don't have to go that hard. Nobody's watching. Instead of building that elite mindset of it all matters. And how I practice is who I am. To quote Dion. Prime. To quote Prime. Right? We have about 13 minutes left on this. And I want to circle back to one thing. I thought that was really good. And I, I wish I had it verbatim. I wish I put it in my notes. I know I liked it or whatever that garbage is that you do on Twitter and, and wherever I saw it. Uh, I think it was um, Instagram, um, but it was really good. And I'm going to start getting more into prime because it's not, it's um, I'll tell you what, what um, the feedback that I, and this is not a pat on the back and I am circling back to prime, but man, I hope you, I hope, I hope that, that when people mention your name, that, the adjectives that immediately come to mind are ones that are locked in with the values that you have for yourself. And I just say that because I was thinking about prime, but I was thinking about some feedback I received this week and it was consistent from three different people, three different people, three different conversations. Nobody knew. And it was, um, I believe, I believe it was like passion and enthusiasm, energy, juice, something like that. Right. And I'm like, man, that, that made me feel good from those people, right? Professionally, out of the office, in the office, like three or so different people. And, and I appreciate it. And I just say that because when I, and I, I don't bring that up as a pat on the back for me. I bring that up because one, we got to know those adjectives that are associated with our names. 
how you practice is who you are. But it's also the mindset. I just, I think about Dion uh, Prime. I think about Prime and I think about what he brings to me when I, and I don't know him and will never know him. And the, the, immediately when you think of Coach Prime, the adjective that it, to me is energy, passion, and enthusiasm, and just unrelenting, top notch, dialed into 10, dialed into 11 if you're a Spinal Tap fan of passion and energy and enthusiasm. And I love it because if you have that level of passion, intensity, and, and, and energy and juice, man, then your team will. What is it in the, in the movie? Remember the Titans attitude reflects leadership, right? Um, so that, 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 let that keep in mind. We got 11 minutes left and I know I kind of get off uh, sidetracked a little bit as my mind wanders on some of these topics, but uh, go, go listen to prime. I'm starting to do that a lot more. Also think, uh, think more about fear and doubt now the, the, maybe i didn't say this and maybe we won't have time for what i was going to say here at the end uh the last topic that's in my notes here but the other the other and maybe i already said this i don't know but you you as leaders so it's the the fear you have and how you segment it up to build confidence and overcome your fear and chunk it up and get your momentum and your wins and start and so hopefully start having people feel good about what they're doing and removing the fear with the I, that you can't that 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 you that your people can and they need that coaching and acknowledgement man if i just beat my kids up all the time on something they're fearful of but got through and just never really like man you know it's it's the kid at the diving board in the pool in the summer who's sitting there having to jump off a diving board for the first time in his life and his knees are shaking. And finally he jumps into the pool and the parents and the people that he trusts the most sit there and ridicule him and say, he's still not good at it. It took you forever. No, because every good parent's going to sit there and jump in the water or be there in the water with them. Or when they come out of the water and celebrate what they just did and make them feel good about it. That's exactly what happens. And if it doesn't happen, you're just not a good parent, right? We would never do that. We would acknowledge and celebrate what's going on. So how are you as a leader when your team and your people break through the barrier of fear and doubt? Do you acknowledge, do you jump in the pool with them? Do you jump in the pool with them to celebrate their wins and knocking through the wall of fear and doubt? Or is the fear and doubt they have not in the skill, the initiative, the objective, or is there fear and doubt in you and your leadership and your language and your communication and your lack of acknowledgement? So those are the things that I think you have to think of as a leader. So I will pivot that into this thing because I think that's um, – on my, I think that's, you know, I, I say that's pretty good, but I don't think I'm not, that's again, not, not another pat on my back. Right. Um, but it starts with care that we have to get to that. You really care for your people. Let me give you this story. We have eight minutes left. This will be a five minute story, three minute wrap up and we're good. I appreciate all, all you listening and getting this far into the uh, podcast. Um, Simon Sinek told this story and I touched on this in the last episode, episode nine with, with Justin Shine. I wanted to hit on it again. 
Simon Sinek is in Las Vegas at a convention working with a client, probably speaking, and he goes up to a Starbucks early in the morning to get a cup of coffee. He's waiting for his coffee and it's delivered by the barista or he's waiting for the coffee and the barista's there and he looks at the barista and he says, how do you like your job? And the barista looks back at him. He's like, I love my job. I don't like it. I love it. Why do you like your job is the next question. And this is what he said. He goes, I have another job somewhere else. So I work here. And then I work for another casino, hotel, resort, another coffee shop. When I'm at that job, I put my head down. I don't talk to anybody. I don't, I stay in my lane. I don't want to be uh, shine, shining too bright, putting attention on myself, et cetera. Because at this place where I'm currently at, where I love, the management always is asking me how I'm doing and how they can help. Not just my manager, not just the people I report to, but every manager and everybody. And it makes me proud to be here. I'm thankful to be here. If I need something, I can get it. If I'm having problems, I can get it. If I can have a conversation with management, they make me feel it like it's, it's authentic. It's a great conversation. I'm locked in, I'm plugged in, and they make me feel valued, valued. This other place I work at, management only comes at you when they're coming down on you. When you're not doing something right, when they want to berate you, when they want to pull you down, when they want to put in fear and doubt into what you're doing. So everybody puts their heads down, collects a paycheck. Put your head down, collect a paycheck. It's the same person. And these are my notes. It's the same person, but the experience is profoundly different at both hotels. Not because of him, but because of the leadership. Are you jumping in the pool with your people? They're on the diving board, shaking to dive in for the first time. Your people are on the diving board, ready to jump in for the first time. They are afraid. They are fearful. It's too high in the air. They don't know if the water's going to hurt. They don't know if they're going to drown. They don't know if the wind's going to be taken out of them. They don't know if they're going to belly flop. They don't know if they're going to hurt their, they're afraid. And then they finally jump in and you better be in the pool with them. It's the same person at two different hotels and one he loves and one he's collecting a paycheck. The phrase I have here from Simon Sinek is this. Your customers will never love your company until your employees love your company first. And they're going to love their company. They're going to love your company if they know that you love them and if you care for them. And it's not goofy to say any of that. Now, I don't think you need to be running around telling everybody you love them in a professional world. You don't know how that's going to be received. But they know. Man, that person really cares for me, my development, my fear, my confidence, my development, my knowledge, my contribution, my value. That person cares about what I'm doing. More than anything else, I know that person cares. So you've got to, the, to wrap this up a little bit. And I do think that story really intersects the whole conversation of the 40 minutes of fear, 
doubt, trust. This, this came up this week. I heard this this week. And, and I don't think this will go over our four minutes. In our world, and maybe, and see if this is your company. See if this is your company, if you've made it this far. We only escalate problems. We never escalate our wins. I have that in my notes. We only escalate our problems to leaders, to management, to the person above us. We never escalate our wins. I heard that this week. Fear, doubt, trust. What if we had an environment where we were always celebrating our wins and we were always not celebrating, yes, yes, celebrating our wins. But what if we had an environment where we were always escalating our wins? What if you had a culture where we always escalated our wins? Would that remove fear, doubt, and trust and, and improve trust? Get, get your teams to a level of, like, I trust that guy, that gal. Because I know every time we do this, get that client, make those phone calls, have that conversation, get those return calls, get sell X amount of cars, make the best coffee in Las Vegas, or release great software. I know every time we get our wins that that person is my biggest cheerleader, our biggest cheerleader. I have no... I have fear in what I might be doing, but I have somebody in the pool waiting for me to catch me and to celebrate with me and to move the needle on making sure that we amplify and acknowledge our wins as opposed to escalating our problems. Ask yourself where you're at with that as a leader and as a company. Because I'd get tired of that. I would get tired of being in an environment where problems are always escalated. Maybe the exec, maybe the executives don't need to, do they need to know problems? Do they need to know risks? Do they need to know what's going on with their releases and the money and the cli clients and, and customers and all? Absolutely. They do. But maybe if we also took the time to escalate our wins and our celebration, we would create a culture of acknowledgement and celebration and winning and remove fear, doubt, and improve our trust in one another and in, 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 in ourselves. So those are like, I think that like I could do a whole nother podcast on that. I think that's really important to create that level. Like that's where I, I'm not saying that's where we, it's just top of mind for me right now. So it would be a place where I would start and I would sit there and say, man, what we need to do is to make sure that we, I'm going to say it this way. And it's probably the title of the show. Man, we need to be in the pool waiting for people to jump. If we had a culture and an environment where we were in the pool, ready to celebrate people jumping like we would for our kids, what kind of environment and culture would you have? What kind of fear and doubt would you have? Hey, man, I'm going to be afraid. I'm going to be on the diving board. My knees are going to be shaking, and I know it. It's scary. And it depends on how high the board is. But man, when you jump and you get that win, do we escalate the win? So listen, I appreciate uh, the support of the podcast. If you could like it, share it, 
comment on it. If you could do those things for me on LinkedIn, this is typically where we post everything is going to be on LinkedIn. There'll be some drips out there as well about our content and things that might be hitting us or things that I might be uh, relevant that we want to amplify a little bit more. If you'd like to be a guest, please reach out to me as well. LinkedIn is clearly the best place to do that. Um, and I really enjoyed this episode. I enjoyed the 40 minutes. I enjoyed thinking about how elite people think and how they move the needle and how they compartmentalize their fear to get past fear and what we can do as leaders to break people down so that they, yes, they're going to have fear, but that they know they're supported through their fear and how we have these organizations of, man, I like my job or I'm collecting a paycheck on my job and how we just need to be in the pool with our people. You need to be in the pool waiting for them and you need to have a, an escalation of winning an escalation of celebration, an escalation of positive and exciting results and the things that, that, uh, that your team is doing um, and getting, there's always going to be an escalation of problems and risks. I, that's just inherently part of running a business and a team. Um, but how do you do that? Uh, and how can you uh, solve those problems? Listen, I appreciate all the support again. Uh, Stay connected with me. If there's uh, anything we can do, people are starting to reach out to me uh, just, I guess, to solicit myself out there. I've, I've heard from a couple people this week about speaking to organizations, um, speaking to teams. Um, that is one reason why we're doing this. And if uh, that intersects you and your company and your team and you want to have conversations about this and you want to go even have a cup of coffee, if you happen to be in the area in St. Louis, or if you want to set up a meeting here on Teams, I know we're just not exclusively in the Missouri area, but we have uh, conversations and people listening to this and feedback I'm receiving from all across um, the states that are consuming the content here. So if you've made it this far and you'd like to do that, just connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's start a conversation. Let's spin up a, a Zoom meeting or whatever it is. And let's have a good conversation with you, your teams, uh, and, and uh, how we can move uh, people to the next their next level of greatness. Um, I appreciate all that support. Pre uh, appreciate the feedback and appreciate uh, um, just you listening. Thank you. Have a great rest of the week.